0: We're going to share an impromptu chat we had with Mwana Ali. Now, Mbwana is the founder and managing partner at Savannah Fund, uh, an Africa-focused technology venture capital fund that runs both an accelerator and seed investments in e-commerce, gaming, education technology, and social networking. So we caught up with Mbwana uh, at Africoin Joburg. And initially, he and I were chatting alone, and then therefore joined in, and it just the conversation just got more and more interesting, and we just thought, now nah, we must definitely share the whole thing. We thought we might just get a few sound bites for you guys. It just got so much fun.
1: Yeah, it's a bit long, guys, but uh, there are loads of great insights, so you should enjoy this. And we also put him on the spot regarding the recent Angani saga, So, and he's very honest and open about it.
0: Okay, so without any further ado, here it is. Uh, uh,
1: photography
0: enthusiast, what else would surprise me about you? Um,
2: I like hiking, in okay. and I and I'm a recent botanist. Okay, uh, I just, yeah, I discovered a national park in Tanzania that's uh, called uh, Kitolo Plateau, uh, which is a you know a highland plateau with flowers on it, orchids, unique orchids. So I extended I, I, I my photography and started doing botanist, you know, taking photos of cataloging, um, photo uh, uh, flowers, sorry, because I re- I realized that in that part of Africa there are places where. You know, there are species that have not been discovered yet. Uh, so I, I just thought that's pretty cool. I'm an adventurous. I, I like to find cool stuff, just like startups. I like to find cool startups. It also extends to other parts of my life. You know, I like to discover cool places that no one else has been to. And Kitolo Plateau, maybe I'm giving it away now, but they, 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 they do need the tourism because it's very low, uh, but it's an amazing place. So I like to travel a lot. I mean, travel is, yeah.
0: And so we were talking offline while I was trying to get this Mac to work. So, all of you uh, Mac haters, Th- they do stutter sometimes, <laughs> folks. Very they act- rarely, but they do. Yeah, yeah. Do mm-hmm. Very rarely, but they do. And they do. And so I, I had to, while I was uh, busy restarting the computer so that we could get this uh, conversation on the road. You were telling me all the podcasts you listen to, and I'm offended, sir, that you haven't playlisted the African Tech Roundup or African Tech Conversations.
2: Yes, I've been seeing it, um, and uh, I've actually not. Is it available on Stitcher? It's on. It should be. on in fact, yes. But I'm going to add it now, now so, because I have my phone on me because that's my primary play, uh, podcast device. And you can see here, I'm showing you, uh, on the front of my phone is Stitcher, right in the middle. It's the most middle, middle-like middle app. Like I can't miss it, right? Like I'm not having to flip through the phone. And, and, and you know like, you can you, you tell a man's iPhone by the front homepage screen.
0: Absolutely. You can. I
2: think you guys talked about that once, didn't you not? Well, I mean, yeah, you, definitely you can. I, I think once I think you, you emailed me or someone emailed me from your from your group saying that, can you tell us what your? Uh, could you send us a picture of your your homepage? But 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 on oh, my homepage, Stitcher is number one. How come not not iTunes? Surprisingly, I mean, I mean Stitcher is just really works really well. I can resume the podcast. I can take it offline easily. So I have it set, for example, when on Wi-Fi, take everything offline. So for example, now when I look for a tech roundup, Africa tech roundup, right?
0: African uh, tech roundup.
2: It should come up. And, uh, and automati- automatically, you know, do the first three episodes or add it here. There it is. So it- and, of course, we're on there. Oh, yeah, look at, look at all these great uh, podcasts I should listen to. Safaricon becomes the latest mobile provider, Subisu, Dangani, which I know about a lot. We're going to talk about that. We're going to so talk about that because... Agua, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Rebecca. Yeah. So now it's, on my, now it's on my thing. It's going to be downloaded and I'm going to be w- listening to it because the next flight I get onto, cause I travel a lot. You know, nothing, nothing worse than a 16-hour flight to SF from Africa.
0: Uh, guess what I'm going to be listening to?
2: It's all these podcasts that are on my phone, including this Tech Roundup. So,
0: so we're going to hold you to that, actually. So um, well done. Tell me about this crazy life of yours. You're obviously part of the new wave of venture capital hitting African shores, except you're sort of returning home, and you've decided I'm to… You, I'm glad you brought that up because
2: um, so like it's very easy to burn yourself out entrepreneurs or venture capitalists because, you know, you, you see, when you're starting a fund, you're starting a – it's like anything. You're giving birth to an entity. Uh, and, I, and I laugh when I'm here in South Africa because, you know, every other person moving to, to Cape Town uh, was – I'm like, no, I want Joburg. Like, is like, cool. Like, I want to see more of the action. But I, I'm always suspicious when people are moving to, to Cape Town from Joburg because it's a lifestyle uh, decision. But are they going to be as effective as they, as they are when I met them in Joburg?
0: And given that you've invested in firms that are based in Cape Town, yeah, yeah. and I mean, you're spending a lot more time in Joburg here. What's your sense of the scene between the two places? So, so actually, I'll, I'll
2: quickly say that compared with Nairobi, right? So I'm Tanzanian, and Tanzanians have like a more calm demeanor than Kenyans, and, but I'm very hyper-Tanzanian. I'm very different because I was educated in the West Coast, and you know, so when I come to Kenya, I love it. It's high energy, but I still need my Tanzania roots. So that's part of the reason I moved. And so, Joburg and Cape Town reminds me of the same thing. Like, I, I can see myself spending three or four years in Joburg, burning out almost, or moving for a lifestyle decision and go to Cape Town. But I'd be worried that I, you have to be able to easily get back and forth. So, the best thing about Joburg and is you can actually have it both. But how many flights a day do you have between Joburg and Cape Town? Like, I think 15, 16. So, like, you know, it's, it's you know, between Nairobi and Dar es Salaam, it's maybe eight or nine. Uh, I'm moving to Arusha. Uh, in northern Tanzania. So I can drive up to Nairobi and I can fly down with fast three times a day to Dar and then get to South Africa easy as well. So it's actually this is about positioning me to be closer to southern Africa but also still close to Nairobi and also uh, you know, I might, by some nationalistic chance, invest in a Tanzanian company which I've not done yet out of 21 investments.
0: So your, ho- your homies must be a little
2: sore about that. I- I'm actually concerned that Magufuli will call me and be like, what will Magufuli do? Invest in lean Tanzanian startups. So like I, I probably will have to in the, in the end invest. But I, there are, I've been seeing stuff in Tanzania. It's just that Kenya can suck a lot of energy out of you. I mean, Kenya is Kenya. It's great for many reasons. But one of them is also it's very, very um, dynamic with a lot of people coming in. So I'll give you an example. Like yesterday, someone called me, a Swedish entrepreneur, called me saying like, Hey, are you in Nairobi? I'm like, no, I'm in Joburg. Like, I'd like to pick your brain. I'm like, no, you can't pick my brain. Like, I just can't physically do inf- info, informational interviews with every – Want to be an entrepreneur or entrepreneur who wants to understand a certain industry in Kenya because it's just, I guess, I understand how Eric feels now a little bit because he plays that role a lot in Nairobi, like, you know, kind of like the person who everyone goes to and asks for advice. But I can't do that. I'm an adventure capitalist. We have six, 21 companies now. I have to help them. So I have to step off that role of like educating everyone, right? And it's interesting. And part of the reason why I'm moving to Tanzania is that, I, and, and so that I can be more uh objective in the Afri- Africa Pan
0: Africa. I'm a Pan Africanist. Right. And so the, you know And so tell me about you you mentioned Eric. I I I imagine you speaking about Eric Hirschman. Yes Eric Hirschman. He's uh, a part of the fund
2: but also runs Ushahi- uh sorry, Brick is a full he's runs that as COO, founder of Ushahidi and IHUB as well. So that whole ecosystem he's involved in.
0: What do you make of the hoi polloi uh, surrounding uh, the issues at um at uh, I almost said Andela uh, Angani. At Angani. Yes, so it was actually, um, I cut
2: my trip short. I was going to be in Nigeria for longer and go to Accra to help, you know, with AfriCoin, you know, there. But I, I as soon as I heard, because I was in the U.S. fundraising, which I do a lot of, uh, and I heard about the story uh, through actually blogs like yourselves and others. And I was like, okay, this is bad. And I got all the emails as well from the board and uh, the company so, um, but I really didn't, you never get a sense of what's really going on. So I actually made it a priority to come back to Nairobi early before this trip as well to Joburg and talk to Fareez. Uh, he's actually the only person I talked to so far. Like face-to-face in a coffee, like understand, because uh, I just noticed that that was the bit that I was missing the most. Gotten like the board, because um, Eric's on the board, I'd gotten the, that communication. Uh, I'd seen what the P- PR, I heard from customers even. For example, Sandy was on the customers, which is one of our other investments. Right, Latest investments in Kenya, Sendi, which is Faricom, and uh, invested as well. And they were using uh, Angani. And also, some big clients were affected as well. So, I wanted to understand what happened. And my conclusion is that, you know, and you probably saw this on Savannah, on Savannah, Savannah Fund uh, Twitter, as I did a poll on are African startups ready for, ready for governance, actually? Are they ready for, you know, because when you raise a, a serious round with institution, institutional investors, you typically have to form a board. Um, and actually i you know the accelerator where you know we spend a lot of our time and people think it's a joke oh accelerator you know you're just throwing away money no like we train we put more effort into educating the entrepreneurs about what it means to have a board so i think actually i'm kind of, i'm not saying they should've done an accelerator but i'm saying that they sh- they probably didn't understand the board dynamics well enough so for example there's a, there's a phrase called stacking your board right which is basically saying that when you have a party, you may want to invite your friends, not your enemies. (laughs) Very simply put, right? And I think the tension was that some entrepreneurs or or in Africa in general, investing, uh, you know, risk capital is so hard to get that you often just rush and get the capital and not understand who is actually involved. They may be all well and good, but you you have to choose who's going to be on your board. It's early in VC space in Africa, right? And so, if you look at the, the mature, uh, let's say Sequoia or like any of these big, you know, Andreessen Horowitz. If you're if you're launching, if you're launching a startup and you got a term sheet from from Sequoia or Andreessen Horowitz, and you were told that Ben Horowitz or Andreessen was going to be on your board, you'd be like, "Whoa!" Like, you should actually value that board position more than you would the money. I don't think that's that is quite yet there, right? So, what I'm saying is that it's very early. Even I only sit technically on like. Uh, two or three boards, but I'm not exercising those board positions. I don't, I don't influence a company through the board, right? Um, I influence most through the most with Accelerator, but when we, for some South African companies, like when, when we've been South African companies, you know, in Cape Town, and when, you know, we've done three, the board is quite locally based, and the governance is quite locally centered. I just show up and say, hey, when you guys come to Kenya or Tanzania, I can help out, but I don't have a board seat, and I don't have much influence, but, you know, it may be in the future if we could follow and invest, and as part of the investment, we're telling taking them to East Africa. Maybe I might take a board seat, but I only ask to be on the board if I'm required. I think with Angani, um, I don't think um, Fariz, uh, uh Brian, and uh, and Riaz, uh, uh, really understood the dynamics between having Eric from Savannah Fund and Miguel from uh, Investment Development on the board. So, like, I, I've talked to startups now who look at that and say, like, I, I'm simulating myself. How, what happens if I split? With because in the end, Riaz and Farees basically split, and that then caused divisions. And it's a it's a five-person board for a reason. So you're gonna have to take sides. People took sides for whatever even reason they had to take. I, I don't know enough about the company. You should really ask Eric more about what the, uh, his side of the story. But essentially, the board was stacked against
0: uh, uh, Farees and Brian. But this, so look, but who are the founders? So we've heard today um, some, institutional, some people from institutional players talking about how fundamentally, at a very basic level, all the world's best fintech startups, the last thing they want is to be acquired or the last thing they want is to be controlled or their sort of entrepreneurial sense and their sense of innovation and excitement and, and their power um, usurped. How much of that is at play in in the African startups you've observed? And how much of that was at play in the Sangani case?
2: Um, So I can't come because, again, Eric is on the board. I'm not, right? But I think you have to take investor relations seriously. You have to take investor relations seriously. So if you're going to take money from any corporate VC or any VC, you should ask who's going to be on the board and do I like that person? And what are the chances of them leaving or uh, changing their mind about how they feel about the company? Like You have to really... The problem is that there's not enough choice in getting invest investor, private equity investment or venture capital investment in Africa for people to be able to say, okay, we have five term sheets from you know five uh, investors in you know Africa, and we're gonna pick, and two or three of them are like the same price, uh, and two of them have really weird con- board members we don't really want to work with, we don't like them, we didn't get a good vibe. I mean, this is a sliver of the show, right? You know, you know. Um, what happens when that guy dies? The, old, the the eccentric billionaire guy dies, and then the you know the, the new board member comes on board, like the woman. Remember, it, to take, you know. So like that didn't happen with Angani, but I'm saying that there isn't enough choice for entrepreneurs to decide. Look, we gel with this firm. Well, I think so. The thing about Angani as well is that Fariz and Riyaz were close to Eric for obvious, you know, uh, and so um, that made it easy, for, I think, for Eric to help connect. Uh, To investor development,
0: and in your view, this this is this is just um, course of normal normal course of in the normal course of business. This is nothing to worry about. This happens all the time in a healthy startup ecosystem. It should actually be expected.
2: Yeah, it should be expected. I just think that um, uh, we did a VC course. We brought Knife Capital and University of Cape Town to to South Africa, uh, student Kenya, to to and for he was actually was actually in that class for a little bit. and no, you have to understand who's on your board. Like, even I have to decide with Savannah Fund at some point if I, when I grow up. So I'm still, like, not growing up as a VC. I'm still, my investors who invested in me in the, in, in the first fund are Dave McClure, Tim Draper, you know, a bunch of family offices. They trust me, right? And they don't need me to be, you know, and, the, and the fund is low in size so I can innovate and try stuff. AfriCoin, like, that's something we came up with. Like, you know, but I think many startups uh, may not—they don't need a board too early. Like it may constrain them. So just like the same thing as selling too early, right? So I think startups in the seed round shouldn't shouldn't form serious boards. That's the conclusion that I I would say. They sh- because Zangani was doing well, and the founder disputes could have been resolved without a board. I think. Okay, and so uh, moving and on now. Finance is really really a big issue at play here, and actually South Africa has the you know the three investments we made in South Africa have shown excellent governance um you know it's very much i get literally end of the month i get a nice email with all the stats metrics it's much harder to get those in other parts of africa actually like uh, and you know um they see boards as, as like formalities that we just have to you know. but here they're taken seriously right people actually you know have actual minutes and stuff minutes and, you know it helps if you do it in a wine farm or make it nice and but they take them seriously they're like serious it actually is surprising because you know, in Kenya, you'll see banks publish the financial statements in the paper, which I'm like, "Whoa, that's amazing governance." But you don't see in startups like the t- translation of like, you know, do you produce? So for example, Malika, who's w- one of my associate f- associate return principal, she joined Sendy as a COO, and I, and and also Meshak of Sendy also was on the VC course, and they get it, like they understand the you know the issues around the board, and they had to form a board with Safaricom investing because they wouldn't invest on you know, right, but. They they thought through exactly what that is. I, I just think that um, with the Angani case, uh, you know, that, that, just, that, that, just, that just wasn't thought through very well. And also, it's also kind of all Savannah fans fought a little bit because I requ- re- requested that Eric be on the board of Angani because Eric knows for reason. And I said, that would be awesome because they get along. And-
0: it's your fault. It is all your fault, sir. Um...
2: I would say no. It's it's it's.
0: I'm messing with you.
2: It, it, it's a good question. You know who's who, um, so this, this is interesting because um, I checked in with Angani now and then, and things seem to be going well, right? I noticed a little bit of tension between the two founders, you know, as in Riaz and um, Riaz and, and Fariz. But, but that's not uncommon. It's Not uncommon. It's just that it, the board
1: mess ended up. Uh, yeah, and I I
2: just don't know enough about what happened because I'm not on the board.
1: One question, don't you think there should have been some leadership from the board, like Eric?
2: Um so to be honest, first of all, we have to ask who put in the most money into that deal. Um and it wasn't really Savannah Fund. It was it, it was in development. So I think if the leadership it should come from them. So should you should try and get hold of Miguel and ask him what actually happened because you know but also Eric's put in a tight spot because um he is trying to play the sort of uh, ecosystem player because he's trying to connect investor development into Kenya. I don't play that role. I, 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 as I said earlier, I don't try and like, you know, you know, be. I, I try and reduce my exposure to like be the like you around Kenya, Nairobi tech scene. I try and do my job investing, uh, and so I think. And also Eric also runs Brick, which investor development I've also invested in. So, so do you know? So you, you can figure it out. Like it's it's hard for Eric. So let's talk to so what, to your. To, let's speak to the point that you just raised now. I just think it's hard for Eric because he's doing that. And, you know, you should, should ask the, the person who holds the most influence the typically the investor with the most money. And and actually, underlying this is actually who's on the ground? You know, you should ask, did investor development have someone on the ground? Did they sense these issues? Did they resolve? Like, who, why do they back uh, Riaz or Fariz? Like, so, so that's, that's for them to answer. Like, because in the end, they are the one who orchestrated everything, I think. And you know what? Uh, let's Maybe speak I to the... That I, that I know of. Because maybe it represents that investment development, I don't know uh, so like you should know your linkages with every single so like you know if if say like you were related to me, and now we're doing this podcast like we might have some weird biases like come up, right, and, and maybe I actually so I mean everyone knows Savannah fund sponsors and founded AfriCoin, we just it's very clear, right I, yeah, like like I think people, if you look at the angani deal, they were you know interesting links, right. For example, Savannah Fund loves IHUB because we can partner with Eric and get good deal flow, and that's, there's a relationship between Savannah Fund and IHUB. I think investor development has a relationship with Eric because they also invested in Brick, right? And that's great because Investor development can also you know, use Eric to kind of get into other deals. It's a relationship business a lot of the times, right? Um, and, yeah, like, that's kind of um, what, you, what I think we have to be careful of and disclose some of the links and what it might mean in terms of conflict. So let's talk about a, a broader issue. You don't issue. want to see me fighting with my mother or my dad or my sister in a in a family in you know, a family businesses. Not pretty. They, they can they can end in disaster. Like you know, watch Godfather, watch whoever you want to watch,
0: right? So so what about this broader issue that was raised by a lot of bloggers? It was it just hit you know the Twitter sphere like went totally berserk yeah, yeah. over this notion that um, investors, greedy Western investors. Who don't really care or aren't entirely invested in the future and the well-being of Africa's tech ecosystem swoop in with dodgy profit motives, edge people out, and sort of is is that an extreme view that has no basis in this case? Do you think it's a very
2: extreme view? And I think Eric's post tried to nail it, but I don't think he did a you know it was it was a good post as far as I was concerned, but it didn't resonate necessarily with everyone. That's that's what I that's why I, because I deal with that all the time because. Big, and the reason why this comes up is because people sometimes think I'm Kenyan, right? You know, and there are photos of me wearing a Kenyan, you know, rugby shirt with like PayKind in Silicon Valley, and you know. But I have invested in nine Kenyan companies, and I've invested in zero Tanzanian companies, right? So I'm a foreign investor in Kenya, investing in nine startups. Like, ask any. I challenge you to find maybe maybe Village Capital can come close to that, as being the only other foreign investor in the in the tech space or in the Early-stage space was invested at as many companies. Maybe ADA and PH. But, but
0: my... my no, nah, they're just sort of culling their their yeah, their interest. Know, like, I mean, Slowly. It will probably have one eventually. Maybe by the end. <laughs> yeah, but they were pioneers early. In, I'm missing,
2: I'm you know, missing. I'm just but so the reason I say is that you know, people always ask, why aren't more Kenyans investing in in uh, Kenya tech, right? When I come to South Africa, you know, I hear... South Africans complain that the VC are very conservative and blah 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 but they do invest eventually, right? in Kenya, there is not many local investors, and so that only leaves foreign investors and If you scare them away, then it's bad. So one of the things I always talk about is m v2s right? I mean have you heard the term M v2s No, what are those? So I started so one of the things that I do a lot in Nairobi is I spend a lot of time outside of the iHub, surprisingly, right? No <laughs> yeah, um, uh, so you'll see me in the Westlands, you know, and I'll, I'll talk to some rich. You know Kenya, and I, I'd be like, "Hey, why aren't you investing in tech startups?" And, oh, that's MV2s. So mv M you know, Vitus is things in Swahili. So so M things. Ah. Sir M so things, M everything. M everything like M copa. You know, pick your M in. Uh, you know, and I, and I tweeted this once. Like M tweet. You know, in in Kenya, it's about you know investing in the you know the M insert your vowel noun. You know. The M items. So, <laughs> so I noticed something very interesting in Kenya as well. Like some of the wealthier Kenyans who. We're saying, like, no, we don't want to invest in the MV2s because that's, like, a foreigner thing. So
1: even they were, like,
2: thinking, like, no, this is a playground for foreigners to, like, invest in tech. We don't believe in it. The real investors investors make money in real estate, which, yes, you do make money in real estate. But it's a long-term play, right? It's, like, the minute there's an exit, you know, uh, you know, like of central size in Kenya, people will start to play, local ecosystem. And that's what we pray for. Like, that's what we need at some point,
0: right? And you're saying people need to be appreciative of what interest we have had, or what f- interest we're able to attract, and and be fair in understanding that the, the dynamics of what it takes to to get a startup off the ground, especially one the size of say, you know, uh, yeah,
2: and Angani actually is interesting because I think they actually were doing pretty good, right, and I think they probably might still do pretty good depending if they can recover from this, you know, uh, you know, kind of uh,
0: fallout. Do you think that's part of the issue that pe- that we don't have enough sort of? Hugely runaway, like huge runaway successes, to sort of point to, such that when you know things like this happen at Angani and others, so we just sort of it nail. system
2: is very interesting.
0: So you probably all, I think, I think I read it at some blog yesterday
2: that MCoPA raised nineteen million dollars uh, from Richard Branson, Steve Case, all these foreigners.
0: Here's that, there's that M thing again. But
2: yeah, MCoPA, but MCoPA is not a Kenyan startup. MCoPA is not a Kenyan invention. Thank you, Vodafone. Yes. So, so actually, all so I think the real thing underneath that uh, is that um, Kenyans are wary that foreigners, not only investors, but also um, entrepreneurs, come in and take in all the spoils market. Ah, there you go. Listen. So, so, so I am proudly w- one of the, we, Savannah Fund, like to invest in Africans in Africa. So we've only done maybe two exceptions, Tony of NS Education and maybe Bainu or I guess it's Zimbabwe living in Australia. But every other company out of 21, so 19, is a f- local founder. Like Kenya in Kenya, Uganda in Uganda, Nigerian in Nigeria, Ghanaian in Ghana, South African in South Africa. So we think that's very important, and I think it will override any issues we ever see around foreign investment, because we're backing for, lo- but I think if you look at like the MCOPAs and Bridge Academy and all the successes in Kenya, a lot of them are actually foreign founded and have taken foreign capital, and it's much easier to do that. Uh, and they can raise a lot of money.
1: So,
0: what, what advice would you give to foreigners coming in? So, you've given a lot of, you've spoken a lot to. Actually, a lot for this, yeah. So, what would you say to people like Eric who haven't entered the market yet but are looking at it and going, I could, I could make a difference in this ecosystem. What are the things to look out for? Easy, I think.
2: I think you have to find a local uh, uh, partner who can be on the, on the investment team, like a partner, not like a not a uh, not a protege, no, no, an no, no, actual no. partner. And you make them let, let them make the mistakes. Not a token. No, no, no. It has to be a Kenyan in Kenya or Tanzania in Tanzania that is from that country, uh, knows the ecosystem, and, you, and this is the most important part. Like, and you have to give them the business card that says they represent you know, London FinTech Fund or Silicon Valley Growth Fund or you know, Cape Town, you know, Africa, Pan-Africa Fund. Whatever that to in the business card, it should, it should, it should, everyone knows where the money is coming from, but they're local and they're hired and, they're on the pay- and they live in that country or ideally or in the region. And this is the most important bit, really, really important bit. They need to have a pot of money they can deploy um, without the central foreign, like, you know, foreign influence. And it can be low. And it can be like, so, okay, so say, you know, fintech uh, fund in New York coming into Nairobi has $50 million to play with in Africa, right? Um, they should probably give the guy in Kenya or gal in Kenya maybe a million to play with twenty startups over two three years, and uh, blank you can you get full, full describe you know, you know you carb launch you make mistake yeah carb launch you make mistakes it's fine, and then from those twenty let's see what you do and then when we start trying to, to write like a ten million dollar checks then you have to like report back up to you know New York and convince them that this company is worth it. Then who's doing this, though? Who's doing who not, many, who? not many of them are doing it. Maybe Acumen Fund a little bit, but there's always, like, or Media, they they tend to have centralized investment committees. They have high investment thresholds right when they start. And so, because capital requirements are not high. Like, just get going. So they should use a, the the opportunity to do a seed fund to... Uh, and also, the, the one thing I've heard is that they, they just don't... Oh, they're scared of Kenya. Like, wait a minute. You invest in Kenya and you're scared of Kenya? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So you know if you're going to come into kenya go into kenya full full on it's a control thing right surely yeah but you know um so one of the things that i talk a lot about with the impact investors and other foreign investors is like you have to if you're going to make the ecosystem grow you also have to get them make the investors grow locally as well and so investor training or whatever you call it we did that with Life capital like that's very very important you know so so not only are you so you have to train the investors locally to understand the issues uh, but also let them make mistakes. So there's actually a phrase I heard once in Silicon Valley where like the cost to train a new VC is like fifty million dollars. You know that?
0: You're speaking in terms of the amount of money the the amount of money he or he or she would need to make mistakes to, to the point where they make <laughs> they actually make something work.
2: Yep. yep. So with Savannah Fund, I would say that our first fund has been basically like what can we learn and do, you know, in Africa and uh, and you know and then when it, when it gets more serious, you know, then I think there'll be more controls. But you have to make those mistakes. Sanghani's, you know, maybe one of the one of many, right? I mean there's 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 some that I you don't hear about, right? Many you don't hear about. And it's also it's also stories of investors losing mm-hmm. money. Why is it that when f- founders get screwed over apparently then the big stories made? why about investors losing money?
0: Oh yeah, that's generally because we don't care that someone's got like one less mansion to recline to on the holidays and stuff, I guess. <laughs>
2: But you don't think about the fact that when an investor loses money due to corruption or bad governance that they may not be follow-on following, invest, which is Eric's blog, saying that if we start demonizing foreign investors, then they won't come back. That's fair so enough. So fair so enough. So you know, this, yes, these, these people have a lot of money, but they're also looking for returns. So if they get returns, you get more of that. So it scales, right? So actually, I, I think, you know, yes, these people can afford to, you know, because risk capital is a very crazy beast in investing. It's very small. Right, and it's it's money that can actually be lost, right? So I don't get my investors coming to me saying, "Hey, Angani is a total disaster. What the hell happened?" You know, because and I I report it, but they go, "Oh, you know." So so actually, when I report my fund to my investors, like, and it's all good news, something's wrong. Like, <laughs> what what is he not doing right? We are a risk fund. We're not like save your grandmother's money fund, right? It's expected. And so what and I'm hearing from you, like, yes, like. You know, but um, so I'm not going to name the company. But we've had out of 21 investments, one investment that ran out of ran the money just disappeared, just ran away, like just just gone home. (laughs) This is not Angani or anything. Angani is still around, the company. It's still you know, we'll see how it goes. But this is a company that just like just yeah, and that's something that we don't want to happen ever again. Um, But uh, thank God it only happened once out of 21 times so far in three years.
0: That's pretty good going, and so, but, but, you know, and, and
2: so like me reporting that to the auditors in Mauritius, for example, where our fund is, they probably find that also strange because they're not used to startups. So, it's, it's, so who in the chain understands startups, right? So that's actually one of my least favorite activities to do is to audit. The, no, who, who likes auditing here? No, no one, right? Um, but that, I have to do it as a fund manager, and that's really annoying. But you have to do it. And so, so we're doing auditing, and I, and basically one company came up, and they, like, what about this company? And I said, come on, guys, like this is like. I, just, just, just next, because this is a complete write-off. Do you want to write it off now or tomorrow? It doesn't matter. Let's just write it off. And that impacts the fund. But having, you know, that's the first 400%... It was a accelerated investment. Being an investor is, is, is tricky, right? Uh, you know, it can be tricky.
0: So let's talk about broader issues in this East African tech ecosystem. Such an interesting place to be at the moment, right? It is. It is, it is very interesting. Um, so let's talk about something specific. These mobile operators, right? I mean, West Africa is burning up. East Africa is, 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 is following suit. Is this a trend? MTN and Safaricom and the, just the recent moves with
2: startups or fines or what?
0: Pretty much. I'm, I'm looking, there seems to be a trend. And tell me if you think it's a trend. Is, the, is there a trend towards forcing these hugely successful entities to start to account? So um, I just think
2: it's a giant chess game that you need to understand how the pieces are moving um so for example mtn going to nigeria and having you know getting to this position they've gotten to and getting fined shouldn't be a surprise when you think about the fact that this is a African firm in nigeria that my dad or so you're you are saying there might be a political thing there market issues so i'm gonna bring up something very important you will see you probably saw me tweet about this a lot or post it the like i teach a non-markets class in stanford you know that right Yes, that I'm aware yes. of. Yes, and, and it's my it's my that's your alma mater, yeah, correct? Yeah. It's my favorite thing to do, and when I'm in Silicon Valley, is to walk into this class of like innovators, MBAs who are like, you know, want to like bring Bitcoin to Africa, and, and guess what? In the last time I brought a Bitcoin to Wanda from BitFinance was there, and you know, the class is about entrepreneurship in emerging markets, and that particular uh, uh, segment I teach is about non-market issues. Like, so I also worked in aerospace. And Aerospace is also very non markety. because you have, you know, for example, yesterday I was... Just ask Elon Musk. (laughs) Instead of writing the welcome emails for AfriCoin last night in my hotel room, I was watching Syria uh, vote because I was like, shit, this is going to be big. Like, Britain going to war. This is Britain saying we're going to war. And there's implications there. So I think about investing in the ecosystem in tech in Africa, particularly in fintech, the same way, right? The same way. Like, I I think about what has AfriCoin got to lose? What has the government of Nigeria got to lose? Right, so I was. This is hilarious, I, and I feel really bad about this. There was a conference I was about to do in Abuja, right? It was actually one where I was going to talk about something really nerdy. I get to be nerdy and talk about like platforms and Xiaomi and you know how Android and how we you know it's open innovation, and and it was all fully paid for. Um, they were even going to give like uh, speaker fees, which I didn't really want, but I, I was happy to get paid to go. You know, to, to my commission covered, and they had to. Uh, they had to. Uh, withdraw that because the Nigerian government were like asking for like back taxes and back rent on the land because what the oil price took a dive like six months ago and now they have budget shortfalls in the government and now they're looking for every single way they can get revenue the Nigerian government looking for every single way they can get revenue they have to before they uh, weren't as hungry for that so that is definitely an influence as to what happened with MTN
0: if you're looking from the outside in, you're looking for a sort of straight line between this and that. And there's a million things. You know,
2: other issues. For example, like I noticed when I was in Lagos recently and I, and I got my MTM SIM card, I uh, got it very quickly and easily within less than two minutes. Um, and um, it wasn't registered. And the Nigerian government is worried about that. So they worried about Boko Haram and they're worried about what it means to have unregistered SIM cards. So this is to their credit. MTN doesn't care as much, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. They want to make, so, so you have two sides. You have the government wants to make m- more government revenue. Maybe they're using this to like, extract a massive fine from a big war chest of, fun, you know, of MTN. And, uh, and also, they also, they also care deeply about uh, you know, Bukharam. So they have to really understand where, who's calling who. And so these issues come up. So let's, let's go to Kenya now, right? So in my first three months in Nairobi when I moved there, I did not go and meet them at all. Or I did not want to go and see them. I, Why? Because I was because I knew that Safaricom was already like a big. Co- I always work at Microsoft, I, and as a product manager for for Excel, which is, again a dominant software platform. You know, if I'm gonna try and build like the Google Docs spreadsheet, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and work with Microsoft in any way. And that's what I saw when I got to Kenya. I'm like, look, MS is great. It's amazing. People try and build on top of it, but at the same time, it's it's very closed, right? Because I remember when I was a product manager at Microsoft uh, with Excel, how hard it was for startups to try and integrate with. Excel, right? It was really, really hard. And when Google Docs came out, that battle was like shaping out very, very crazily. So I take competition, uh, non-market issues very seriously into when I invest in Africa. Um, I, I, I don't think it's a surprise. So let's move into like BitPesa and why they, you know, they're suing Safaricom. We looked at BitPesa. We did not invest, right? We have a policy. Again, it's w- number one policy is like Africans in Africa, which by the way might help you with non-market issues. Surprisingly, right? If I invest in Tawanda in Zimbabwe, who's Zimbabwean indigenous, he might get a nice wink or favorable thumbs up from a central bank, versus like a foreigner coming in. But I'm also a foreigner operating in, in, in Kenya, so like I have to be careful about permit issues, you know. So, like, it, it's really complicated. You have to think about these things. Like, so why didn't you so, invest in BitPesa? We didn't invest in BitPesa. The first reason I mentioned mention is like, because it was, not a, it was not a local founder. Which you believe is
0: important when you have uh, 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 in no market issues with the local, local local country, and you think that that factor played into the troubles they're having with Safaricom. Uh, what uh, about uh, Lipasha? So, so, so,
2: so Lipisha. 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 Actually, we accepted in the first accelerator, so I know them
0: both, those
2: companies. So I think with Lipisha, I think it's just the fact that you know they're, they're picking on on, on Lipisha, you know, really to get to because of course Lipisha was the majority business was
0: going through uh, Bitpesa, right? Uh, this was the biggest client. What do you make of a company like Safaricom being in a position to do that? On uh, the issues, I mean, this is also for the, following uh, what what what, the, what a judge in Uganda just ruling against MTN, essentially malicious activity, anti-competitive act- act- activity. Is there no? Would you say that there is a fundamentally problematic issue with? Bullying tactics when it comes to mobile operators in East West Africa, perhaps even further down the equator.
2: They're trying to thrive. They understand disruption is coming, right? In in their space, whether it's Bitcoin in mobile money or whether it's like other other issues, Uh, or WhatsApp, for example, right? They they're probably. I think WhatsApp was a really big event when it got acquired by
0: Facebook. Shame here at Vodacom and Celsius and even MTN is going, oh, regulate them. Poor guys. Shame. By
2: the way, I, I actually think that Vodacom here is probably overcharging me on my, on, my, on, my, on my data.
0: Can I just confirm that they are? They are. Uh, well, let me just take that back. I want to get sued. <laughs> they totally are. Because, be, because, because
2: I, I was in South Africa last in, uh, in September, and I, and I bought, I think, three gig for like, what, 200 rand or something like that? To 300 rand?
0: That's that would be a lot of that would be a lot of data for that much money. You probably got charged a whole lot more. Two hundred bucks for three
2: gigs, uh, something like that, right? Yeah, but but you know that's enough for a week for me to like do my, but and I did it, right? But this time round I've spent way more, like way more. Like it's the same same device. It's an iPhone.
0: I don't know. I don't know. What can and I say? And,
2: and I'm also in Wi-Fi half the time as well. Like here, like in Apple Code, right? So anyway like so i think that these mobile operators are like are reacting in weird ways to innovation from startups and you know i think they're also by, they're also at the same time trying to build up their uh innovation strategy around hubs and funds so it takes safaricom with their with their new fund so like as much as i think safaricom is in, is is can, can be a bully they also are trying right uh with their fund and so like so on, you know like W- 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 with the Sendy deal, which is actually the proudest that I'm, the proudest Kenyan deal that I've done, I think, like, it's because Safaricom is there. And that was their first investment out of their fund, which we could see coming up, right? So, it- it's like, Investor capital, you want to have a good network of people with you. So like here in Africa, like I, I, you know, it's great to meet like the RMI guys, Barclays, Warren, because and and I get a Berg-like feel. I've done that in in Cape Town. I, I know like you know Knife Capital, Justin Sanford. I know the Invention guys. You have to know your investors, and if it's corporate, it's even more important. So Safaricom, so I think, have been playing. It's it's like you know, it's like you know, you know, it's like one hand doesn't know what the other one's doing, right? So like Safaricom so is a big corporate, and you know, M-Pesa does one thing. The corporate does the corporate venture capital side does another thing, and they don't necessarily communicate. So for example, one of my questions I always ask, like a Ascendy, is like, how much is Safaricom helping, um, in everything way, right? Are they helping you? Are they helping you with work permits if you're a foreigner like Malaika? Are they helping you with um, with M P S integration? Can you fast track the like you know? Um, what are they doing to help? Are they helping you with like distribution,
0: or is it just token investment to try and look investment?
2: good? Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and that's what we I don't know yet. It, but but you know like in South Africa it's more serious for sure. Like the, the people I meet here who are doing co- corporate investment like in Venfin uh, from Repco is more serious. I think Barclays and obviously uh, RMI is more serious. You know you just see Dominique Dominic, like on the panel like she. Talks a talk, is serious about fintech, um, but in Kenya with Safaricom, this they still don't understand what it means to be. For example, there's an us in them, so definitely. Like, Safaricom, like if you buy a company like Copacopo, that would be like a very positive move. They're like, oh, but that would, that would be balance sheet issues and weirdness. I'm like, but you said you wanted to. You asked me what, how can you do to improve? I told you, buy a company. Google Ventures buys and they invest, right? That's right. So if you want to be like Google Ventures, which is the gold standard of corporate Venture Capital. You have to, like, do both. So the other thing as well, which came up today Af- today's Africa coin, is, that, um, is you know not every telco or bank has an M&A corporate dev, corporate dev division. Wow. You need a team that ca- has blanket uh, trained and experienced to go around working with startups. And, and, and they are basically able to tell you, look, I represent SafariCom or MTN, and we are looking at investing in a company or acquiring it. Uh, let's talk, and dedicated team. It, it, it can't be like a one-off thing that happens or a CSR thing. So they, they came up today, like should you sell out to a, or buy? You know, it, it is you know it's hard. Like, but it's not it's not mature
0: yet in, in Africa, right? Can I talk about something that came up in actually a question that I asked a, at Africoin earlier on? Um, all this buzz around Bitcoin and I, blockchain I made and a lot of noise. I did. It's like last year
2: we had noise. I mean, someone thought it was like Tron or like it's not Tron. They said Bitcoin. <laughs> Did you just say I made a lot of noise. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. No, we, we, you know, we. So I actually, oh, you know, with a big, I like Africa so much because we always position the Bitcoin panel nicely in the middle after lunch, so it, like gets energy pumping. Uh, and everyone's arriving, and you know, um, and yeah, and so. so I was, I was the firelighter today. So Pesa was in the first AfriCoin com- the panel in two thousand and thirteen, and it was similar. And then we had X and a bunch of others in Cape Town,
0: and it was similar. And this time around, we have banks in the room, and it's still similar. So, can I ask you what I asked? What I asked? Yeah, yeah, what yeah, my yeah, issue was? Yeah, yeah. So, you had a whole of these players. You had institutional players. You had some startup uh, founders um, for these platforms, all sort of creating applications, Bitcoin applications, snazzy things, all sort of saying that Bitcoin is the future, the blockchains future. Um, it, you know, talking. Uh, uh, my question basically was: Show me how. Show me how everything you're talking about isn't just another layer of fat. Over the problems that um, the developing world is having in, in in creating an inclusive environment for the poorest of the poor, show me how Bitcoin answers that question, and and tell me how your the gradual adoption of of this technology by incumbents we already don't trust is somehow going to make anything better for anybody on planet Earth.
2: So this uh, so I. I I think after a while, after I heard you speak and, and we chatted a little bit afterwards, I understood your question quite well. Um, so, you know, finance is this like, I think, uh, at the heart of it is like, are there stonemason people out there that control the economy globally or in Africa? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'd say yes, but carry on. Uh, yeah, so I think that, that's the heart of the question. Uh I really I mean do you really say you don't know? Come on. Know. Like is Bitcoin just another tool to is is it is Bitcoin uh helping or 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 making that worse problem worse? Is it making is it democratizing finance or is it making it worse? like I think for for a developer who's a geeky and has played with the protocol, they would say absolutely helps you jump on and build a fintech product. But you still operate in a world where central banks exist, Safari comms exist you know, non-market issues exist, right? And and that's that's actually why we chose Zimbabwe with BitPesa, so with, with BitFinance over BitPesa in Kenya. That was actually a choice that we actually made at Savannah Fund. I'm saying this now. We actually, in the Stanford case study that's going to be made public, available over it, we made that choice. We And the students have to decide. Yeah, and basically we say that we, we think that Kenya is very, very crowded and Safaricom is very, very weird in how they operate, uh, and they're very defensive of M-, of M Pesa. And although Elizabeth and her team at BitPesa are awesome, we just don't think that's a great we could be, we, we could be wrong, and I'm fully fine about being wrong, but we just thought it was more interesting to explore a local founder in Zimbabwe where there's chaos in the financial ecosystem seven currencies, which you heard today. And so that's kind of how I look at it. I don't think so. Th- so um, I think the fact that BitPesa is trying to sue Safaricom shows that if B- Bitcoin wins, it could threaten M-PESA and, you know, undercut them, right? So, for example, I bring this up a lot. And the fact that in Tanzania, we have three or four more money players competing, and it's half the fees. Remember, I'm Tanzanian, so I use my money too. But you, don't, you know, and it's half the fees to move money around. Whilst in Kenya, you have a monopolist, and the fees are more expensive. Why is that? It's structure of the industry, right? Uh, and so, I think Bitcoin offers, like, another alternative to put pressure on fees which hence which also i think helps um keep them on their toes innovate and you know be more inclusive so uh, so i think the other part of your question is also like i think you mentioned that accessism does not equal inclusion. inclusion i also agree like you know um when i walk into a bar in cape town as a black person and it's all white like i can access it it's there and I can walk in, but it doesn't mean it's, it's inclusive when I'm in the club. I totally understand that aspect. And um, I also think even venture capital, it, you know, what I do can also be included. There are many things in life where there's a club-like environment, right? And I think that there is an element of that, for sure. Like, you know, so I I, was, I actually was really interested in doing African and Joba because I was like, actually, this is the Wall Street of Africa. Like, San, SanTan, this area here, Santon, is you know uh v wall street of, and there's so many so much financial power con- here, and so I was super interested to just bring it here and see what people but it would seem to be pretty pretty
0: interesting right like no one answered the question for the record, no one really answered the question and and so it, yeah, yeah, like, I mean so I get very nervous about so people that I
2: so back to your, back to your question more deeply I'm suspect of the world bank I'm suspect of like the new BRICS bank those are people where i'm like. Okay, they maybe hold way more. So I was talking to Tawanda earlier about like, and Vusi, both from Zimbabwe. I was like, but I heard the World Bank just gave you guys like a thumbs up on like repaying. So they said, no, 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 no. We, we, we just got, we, we negotiated that we can, that they would repay some loans, which might open us up to borrowing more. Right? When you look at Magufuli in Tanzania, right? What will Magufuli do? Is he doing this austerity madness? Like, you're not allowed to, the government's not allowed to send. Christmas cards. Apparently, that was the latest thing. I, uh, are you serious? No, 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 no. You know, Independence Day. You ha- also have to make sure you n- no parties. Just you know, work in your garden. But I- I'm certain that it's a I'm carrot. Certain that he's doing that because he knows that if he shows austerity, he'll get massive loans from the World Bank to be able to do what he wants to do. So, so I think Zimbabwe. Um, from what I got from Dr. Wanda and Vusi is that you know, you know, uh, the World Bank is interested in talking to them, but. Only if they start paying back their, you know, loans, and that's another kind of like characteristic weird thing.
0: And I mean, the other side of my question was: Let's be honest, where's the computing power? The world's computing power concentrated. It's in the same countries that essentially run the the legacy systems that have failed us, and uh, and are backed by the very people yeah, who sure. got us into crisis. Some, you know, in the last two decades. So how how does Bitcoin? How does uh, how do applications around the blockchain help address that? And and for me, so, uh, it's. Yeah. So 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 it's actually a standards
2: thing, right? So I, 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 this is something that I actually find fascinating, right? So um, I remember the days of VHS and Betamax, and also I was a big minidisc fan. I don't know if you remember the minidiscs. No,
0: I don't. Yeah, like that, that was <laughs> that's something. how forgettable it was. No, 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 no. I do, but that's how
2: forgettable it was. Betamax was Sony, and v- minidisc was Sony. The compact disc was more open, right? VHS was, I think, more open. I think. Yeah, um, and, and so we have the same thing happening in fintech now. Like, is M Pesa, you know, the. Is M Pesa Blu ray? So, Blu
0: ray is the latest Sony thing, right? Uh, but but actually. Closed as anything, and yes, yeah, yeah, M Pesa would so, be Blu ray.
2: Yeah, 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 and And so, like, so you have to ask the question. So, I, so I think that's why I want to plug in Stella,
0: right? Uh, which is, I think, I mentioned earlier, right? You did. You mentioned it in a, in a competition, in, in, a, in our conversation earlier. And, and because the,
2: the last time I was at Stella was really hilarious. Um, in Silicon Valley. I walked into their office, and there was a power cut for the like I never seen a power cut in Silicon Valley before, like in San Francisco. And I was like, I walked in the African. I I brought power cuts, and engineers were complaining that oh no, like I got three hours power on my Mac. I can't like you know I'm like and Joyce, the you know executive directors like you have three hours of power. Like the power will be back in an hour. Like and you're like and so as and so said, that's it. You have to go and deploy. You have to go and spend out in Africa. So 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 Stella is actually an interesting cryptocurrency um, protocol and network that's trying to be i think they're trying you know maybe 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 uh, Joyce and Jed will say i 'm saying this wrong, but i th- I think they're trying to be the Wikipedia of cryptocurrency right so they're, they're, they're trying to they're, and they've structured their company so that it's very clear who owns what and who benefits from what because uh, you know I think I talked to you earlier like with bitcoin we don 't know who owns the bitcoins we don 't know. You know, yeah. the, all this Bitcoin spreading uh, and, uh, and 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 promotion by uh, folks on the startups are they just trying to get Bitcoins more hands of more people, which then brings the price up? they are just trying
0: to get us all on board. They want us to be enthusiastic about the. Well, basically, they so they're, they're trying to get us all to um to to assign value, yeah, essentially. So Stella, so Stella takes that away completely. So, so where right. would we be so, uh, in in a world where Stella wins? I think it's the same
2: world where Wikipedia wins. Like, where, like, when you search for something, you know, like, you know, who's the president of South Africa or, like, medicine, you type in Nelson Mandela, you get, uh you know, the first couple of links, you get the – and it's a crowdfunded or it's a crowd-sourced uh, information. So I think with with Stella, like, we come to a way with it with zero fees, there's zero who's benefiting from what you know very clearly um, – yeah, the mining pools are very clearly defined who's making money of what, yeah.
0: I, like I suppose I, I really shouldn't go as far as this, but I mean, it's, it's a complicated thing because, I mean, we need to go as far as... Uh, look, if we go as far as, um, again, looking at this locus of control issue, there are places in the world where electricity basics, like, will, will I die of malaria this, this year? You know what I mean? How pertinent to someone who's living with that basic fundamental is what we're calling the next wave of freedom and so, so, access. For
2: ex- so we talked about this as well. Like, So I'm skeptical, even more skeptical than you are, when it comes to the philanthropists,
0: right? We talked about this a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's even worse, yeah. So,
2: like, you know, uh, I-, I think they're great. They've done great work, like Bill Gates or Zuckerberg. With- of course, like, he's giving away all 99% of his wealth. I- we love him, right? So, again, like... Just like any non-market issue, like you should be asking questions when like Media Networks investing in Parga, right? Uh, you know, are they laying the groundwork for eBay to come in? Flippininternet dot Have you have you looked at have you? Uh, and actually, actually, Sarah Lacey of Panda has written about this quite extensively with India. Um, the I've gone, I've, I've gone to Modi. I think was involved in a media network. I think in the, in got the, the facts. And as soon as Modi became president. D- Did they lift all the like uh, foreign e-commerce barriers? Oh my word! Oh, non-markets. Oh no, 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 non-markets. It's it's, life. it's well, life. I have a lecture on such things. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it, you know. But the thing is, it's like people are self-interested, right? And you could hide behind the the the, the like financial inclusion narrative, and you know, it would help. Internet people. is a is a right for all. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I so I got when went to India, I was like shocked actually. I so I went to India uh, for medical tourism with family. Um, apparently that's a thing, which I, I guess it is. But um, uh, I went to uh, a e-commerce site. Uh, I forgot the name of it. What's the biggest one in India called again?
0: Oh yeah, the 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 Amazon. Th- yeah, um, yeah. No 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 not Alibaba. They're an Amazon competitor. I forgot the name of it. Yeah.
2: But um, so I was looking for a for a Xiaomi phone because back then I was like, whoa Xiaomi, I want a Xiaomi phone. And I kept seeing the the, the Xiaomi phones uh, low rated. So I mean, it, it, if you Google like you know on Amazon or search on Amazon an iPhone, it's probably gonna be like highly rated. Like it's, gonna, it's not gonna be one star. Like oh, this phone sucks. Like no. So I saw all the Xiaomi phones on um on the uh, on on the what's well, called again? We need to find out. Like
0: uh, I'm checking. I'm checking. I'm on. I'm Google. Amazon's biggest competitor, Flipkart. Yeah. 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 And, and so I read the comments
2: of why they're rated one. Just like when you look at a hotel and you say, "This why is this hotel like two stars, one star?" And someone says. This hotel is terrible because it's on a hill, and I'm fat and I can't walk up the hill. That's obviously not a good way to no. rate a hotel. So I found the same thing it, with, with 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 Xiaomi. They said people were saying we're down We we don't want to buy anything from uh uh um uh, Snap. Sorry, it's uh, what's it called again? Flipkart. Flipkart. because they are supporting internet.org. They allow you to browse. We can't so It must have been like people who wanted to support Indian. Uh, e commerce startups that were not deal with, with, with Facebook. And so I was like, that's when I was like, wow. In Africa, we're so behind on this. You know, when, internet, when internet.org adds like a um, adds an OLX, which they do, right? Oh my word. Uh, have you thought about what, what an OLX is not a charity? It's on Wikipedia. It's not. Yeah, put Wikipedia on internet.org and Free Basics because that's a nonprofit. But if you put OLX on there, that's
0: not like a charity so that's that's the issue. No, that's helping nomads in the in the Sahara sell their camels and stuff. Come on, guys, what's wrong with you? Two hundred, you know, what, you know, Naspa owns it. Like, you know, it has comp- local competitors. Exactly, yeah. No, I'm being, I'm being seriously tongue in cheek.
2: So, I think Internet.org's biggest battleground in Africa will be Tanzania. Actually, are you guys feisty like that? No, no, we're not. But I think it's because Tigo is doing so well there.
0: Ah, I see.
2: Whilst in, in so for example, in Kenya, Airtel is what. Um, Of course, Safaricom is the dominant one, so so actually, you know, Safaricom would never let. I don't think they would.
0: Actually, I find your your honesty with regards to these issues quite refreshing. And market
2: uh, issues, non-market issues, non-market you know, the, the, you know, it's it's something that I grew up in with working in the aerospace industry. It's something that, like I said, we mentioned before. Is there a guy in the cigar room in Amsterdam who controls all of Africa's finance, uh, or oh, is it Washington, or oh, is it oh, you know, you know, is laughing at us, being like oh,
0: Grayston Drive running the continent?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are very obvious if you look deep enough, like like when you see this, na- you know, the flip card thing. When you, you know, some of them are also very obvious when you look at the structure of the industry in Safaricom and the play-in. Some of them are very obvious when you look at like banking and how it works,
0: or infrastructure, and um, look at the rollout of, 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 of this of this whole digital, uh, the 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 whole um, analog to digital thing. I mean, it's pretty much uh, Korea's yeah, got that unlocked. Yeah, and, and so 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 the thing is, like, this is actually quite easy. Like, take all that. And make it influence
2: your strategy as wherever you're doing. So so Savannah Fund actually has lots of foreign investors. But we try and brand ourselves as the Africans in Africa. So back to why did we not invest in BitPesa? And not only BitPesa, it's hundreds of others. I get them all the time. I'm a Finnish company coming to Africa. I'm a, I'm a British company coming to Africa. I get tons of them. Are you enough now. <laughs> We, we, we just don't do it. It's a decision we made as a fund. We, f- we, we, we like As Savannah Fund, we fund locals in, lo- locals in Africa because we think the next Jack Ma will be African.
0: Probably. And definitely so, you've yeah, been the, sitting here for a while now.
2: The of Africa should be African. It has to be. And if that happens, that person probably will invest in their own and we want to be that part of that change. Yeah. But, but unfortunately, this is kind of where like, people bust my bubble. Is that Africa is full of stories of foreigners exploiting Africa. So uh, one of the things that I, should, I do a lot as a venture capitalist, which I've been advised by some mentors, is to read history, right? So I've been reading history, history of Africa. So every country I go to, I read the history. Zimbabwe, West Africa. And you always have these issues. Like, so I actually uh, was quite depressed recently because I, I read this book, History of Africa. Uh, so uh, it was The Fortunes of Africa, right? Uh, about the economic you know, uh, growth of Africa you know, for thousands of years. And I realized that for the first... You know, chapter of Africa. It was all about slaves, gold, and ivory. That's all anyone cared about.
1: I want to take you back to the Bitcoin issue. and so, you know, I want to
2: be part of the change that goes to reversing that and uh, allowing Africans to benefit from Africa and own. Um, and so, that is. So, actually, the end game for Savannah Fund is maybe our fund three is we have local LPs, pension funds. Then it's every year. So, money. So, when a Westgate happens. Um, or when a Safaricom is, 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 or a central bank is uh, assessing like, whether they should sue BPES or not, or whatever, whatever is going on, there's, those things are factored in. Right? Because, yeah, ultimately, you know, look at Donald Trump. He's probably doing well because he's so American, trying to be so Americanized. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. No Syrians, no less, no that, no Mexicans. And he's driving. Yeah. So, it, so it's like, I think ultimately in Africa, that's what needs to happen is that we need to move to a, a model where Africans are investing in Africa. But we have to get it takes a while to get there. Sorry.
1: But we demonize people who, who want to do that. But we'll get to that one day. I want to take you back to Bitcoin. Uh, I've seen well, there's examples of Forex. So if you're doing remittances from the US and transferring money and you want to send money to Zimbabwe, for example, uh, they'll send US dollar, exchange it into Bitcoin, and it gets sent to the person in Zimbabwe in Bitcoin. And obviously, it gets changed back to. My, my question is mainly what's stopping? I mean, it's very easy. This is tech. It's software. What's stopping any African developer to come up with Bitcoin or blockchain-related solutions, not only on the fintech side but also on the identity side or anything like that? It's just software. Actually, it's actually,
2: that's actually an interesting question. Actually, it's talent. I, 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 um, the only place where I've seen strong enough blockchain talent is actually at Stellenbosch, Fire ID Plus. Talent, you know, um, I've not seen it anywhere else. Uh, uh, BitSoko who are speaking at AfriCoin, I think, tomorrow. Uh, I've come across where I literally was walking around the University of of Kenyatta, and I was like, whoa! And the professor was like, this guy received $100,000 from from Big Gates Foundation. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. So there's funding going into development of that. But, you know, we've also seen blockchain or Bitcoin academies or schools. I've been seeing a lot of uh, that in South Africa. Uh, That's great. Uh, Code maybe is going to be helping with that. I don't know. But um, no, no. Uh, ultimately, I think it's a matter of like you have to understand the tech, uh, and it's also not very. It's very cutting edge, um, and a lot of it's controlled, as you mentioned, not necessarily on our on on our soil.
0: Um, See, this uh, brings yeah. me this brings me back to the same so, issues around so, so access so, so and inclusion. Say, and and so by
2: the way, this is, is, this is kind of like really hilarious because people always ask me, "Is Africa coin a real currency?" I'm like,
0: <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> that would be an event, folks.
2: <laughs> but. but, but, but <laughs> If I was to do that, which I might, um, I would have to go away for a long time, maybe like a three weeks, or maybe even I don't know. It's it's, it's a lot of effort. It's a, would you create your
0: own blockchain and then uh, what would you do?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, people were asking, "Is Africoin like you know the currency?" Uh, but you know how all these these things thing all, all these things are kind of joke, right? So 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 um, by the way, like so Weebly is my joke, um, my joke uh, where, where I create joke sites. So Africoin was one of those. Like, we are discussing, like, you know, with some friends about Bitcoin. And, and someone said, yeah, we should. Someone said, hey, what about Af- Africa's own cryptocurrency? And then AfriCoin. And so I was like, oh, that's so cool. So I went to Weebly, bought, uh, you know. But then, I, but, but then, of course, I was like, I need a fintech web s- uh, event. I'll use AfriCoin. The other one is actually Bank of Bwana.
1: <laughs> Bank
2: of Buana, Bank of Bwana. That's the my latest one. Yeah. And that was after a Zim trip, actually. Wow. Yeah, uh, so a Zim trip, I noticed um, that, obviously, they use dollars there. Um, and I also know from Tanzania that the, the different rates for different dollar uh, uh, denominations and how clean it is you know that right yeah I, I do yeah and so I was like and so literally um, um, in Zim I was trying to pay some bills with the dirtiest dollars I had and keep the cleanest so when I go back to Tanzania I can use my clean dollars to exchange into local currency and I was like whoa maybe I should create Bank of Bwana where I just clean bills because people are telling me like hey like, why don't you just clean them up Like, I'm like you know like I'm like, and of course, the reason why bills are dirty is because there's no central. The the bills are printed in in, in Washington or whatever in the U. S. They're not printed here, and so if they're in the Simpson for too long, they get dirty. And so I created this uh, joke site. You can go on it. Look at it on here, Bank Buana. dot com. One with a B, because you know. Uh, and basically, what we do is we take your dirty old dollar bills and turn them into Bitcoin. It, and a yeah, and so like you know, maybe one day I will you know create something out of it. But yeah, Bank of dot com. So uh, no M. So because Buana means Mister, Bank of Mister or Master. Because
1: all the Kenya, yeah, so
2: uh, which is one of my biggest pain points. People always like to, don't, don't like to call me Buana because they think I'm they, they're saying that. Yeah, oh, it is. Oh, it's, though. it's Buana Bank. Yeah. Oh Buana. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. But it's called Bank of Buana.
0: Dude, that looks legit right there. <laughs> 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 and, and look at the bottom. Look at the bottom. Bank of Borna is not registered as a financial entity, in anyway, or in any country. Supported by AfriCoin.org. dot <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. Trade in your. This is
2: this is a picture of me tr- separating my old bills. Clean, uh, clean is there? it like dirty, you know. Dude, so how how much have you made, uh, man? Like, no no no. I, I got people emailing me saying like, hey, like yeah, I want to use this system or like this is not legal. You know, all the different questions. But, yeah, that's why I put, I put in this afterwards. I said, it's, we're not a financial institution. Can we keep it as a joke so, we, so you stay out of jail, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so sign up. What does sign up actually do? I think it launches like a very simple, uh, what is it? Oh, it's email, ad. trade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so all you got to do, folks, is trade at com. You are so going to jail if you make this real. <laughs> Yeah, you get the FBI all up in your business, sir. Yeah, but I mean, it's back to the question about like, you know, how, you know. but that's one example. No, but It's brilliant, and it's and it's a great... And a,
1: it's an African problem. I mean, dirty money or dirty as in literally dollars, dirty yeah. dollars is a problem and because cleaning them up.
2: There's always a, t- uh, you know, who's going to hold the last $1 dirtiest note that's going to fall apart in half? Someone's going to hold it. Not me. Back to you. It's, it's not going to be the richest person in Africa. It's going to be the poorest person in Africa. Oh. Because remember, how do I get these dirty notes? I get them when I buy uh, like uh, some fruit in the street change to- in the in the in the in the minibus taxi, and I get these dirty notes. And so, like, this was like a really frustrating thing. I was like, I can't believe it. Like, there's all these dirty notes that are being traded because I remember has no currency, and so that the, the, the dollars constantly be going through. But uh, but then I can't, you know, in Ken- in Tanzania, being snobbish, they, they, they the 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 just don't want to trade any old notes. So like that also makes it hard for the Tanzanian who's poor as you know. So why don't we just turn it on to Bitcoin and then like they can do something else with it? Sure. Financial inclusion
0: um, with Bitcoin. <laughs> okay. You you wanted to challenge my my thinking around financial inclusion and and access.
1: On, on Bitcoin, I mean he's just given the answer in terms of a lack of talent and the talent, for example, in South Africa is focused in Stellenbosch or the Western yeah. Cape. <laughs> So, given that it's focused there in the demographics of Stellenbosch, it's highly unlikely that you're going to get solutions developed out of Stellenbosch for poor Africans to include them into using technologies like Bitcoin to their benefit.
0: Oh, good. You're, so, you're kind of supporting the notion that, um, look, I suppose, I, and this is, this is me, someone uh, after, the, after my question uh, pulled me aside and said, you sound socialist. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not socialist. <laughs> I don't sound socialist. Sure. I'm the biggest socialist here, man. I'm Tanzanian. <laughs> so so <laughs> therefore reckons please i'm the socialist who sneaked
2: into <laughs> yeah, you, you somehow didn't detect our uh, we have a, we have a socialist uh b- a bank of bwana we filter <laughs> africoin you know make sure that you don't show up to
0: africoin and like you just need to add a little line <laughs> here endorsed by the, the zimbabwean socialist living in south africa aka <laughs> <A>. andy <laughs> so, uh, yes so listen um that that's pretty much it listen like this was good. Like um this is was... just say you enjoyed it, you're off mic. No, 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 no. I, I really do enjoy it. Like it was it was
2: great, it was funny. Like we, we touched a lot of interesting topics from like, you know, uh non markets, indigenous innovation, you know, the big players, small players, foreigners and locals. Like
0: it's you know, these are the issues that affect uh, Africa Tech right now, right? And, and, I'm, and we're loving it. I'm, I, I want to close out with what you'd say, and, and, and please don't make reference to anything you're currently invested in because you're obligated. But what, what, is, what would you say is your – what are you most enthused about as a trend? Uh, we're seeing VOD as a huge trend. We're seeing mobile money as a huge trend. We're seeing Bitcoin in, in terms of fintech. What, is, what are you excited about besides Bank of bona <laughs> Just exactly quite interesting. Logistics? Are you talking about, like, uh, uh, order fulfillment? Uh, are you talking about, like, sort of, uh, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I think anything
2: that gets something from A to B in Africa efficiently is a huge value.
0: So Udala just sent a, 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 their first parcel. It was a Nokia phone, apparently. Um, they sent one by drone to some dude. Uh, they did that last week. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about, or are you talking about so, more... So Nuts and bolts. Logistics is
2: probably one of the um, underlying themes in Africa Tech that if solved, will unlock even more things. From e-commerce to back to like, you know, um, making sure that we look after, look after the bottom of the pyramid, like medicines
0: in remote places. Bananas that come th- from West Africa through Africa to the southern part of Africa, as opposed to via ships or through Europe.
2: Logistics is one of the areas where I do think there is a cigar guy like who is controlling a monopolist logistics operation and not... So, for example, based I, in Singapore, of course. Yeah. So yeah, legit, yeah. So I actually learned this uh, the um uh, rec- no, no not recently like over a while, but it, like how much are ports in Africa um, hamstrung by the fact that they are people who are sitting on like they purposely like make you go through like storage and and and, uh, and rack up the fees, you know? So if you are say, for example, shipping like I don't know rice or bananas or iPhones or Xiaomi's into Africa, and you know the person in the in the port is, you know, able to influence the, how long you stay in the port, and hence they can extract value from that, from rent, uh, and then the final price of that uh, rice, banana, or Xiaomi phone is is twenty percent more because of the inefficiency of the port, because of non par- market issues of someone sitting on like a bit of storage like they happen to own all the storage around the port
0: and so they're able to like extract a toll right. and let's talk it about is, how Africa only is, is only invested in something this like is, this is the
2: same as a police asking for a bribe actually
0: pretty much and I'm going it it, it's, it's in, you know it's down at the bottom level this is just the trade aspect
2: the moving things around aspect
0: Nigeria, of course, announcing earlier this year that they'll be they, they're t- thinking about having drones monitor their ports for that very reason. But, I mean, let's talk about – I mean, then it's issues like um, – no, let me go, not go socialist on this one because <laughs> I'm going to go socialist again and I'll be accused. Yeah. It's okay. Like, I actually think
2: um, I think Africans are programmed in some way to be a little bit socialist, I think. I think. I mean, the Chinese act of, you know, very socialist in the beginning, right? But then the capitalistic at heart – But I think just the way the continent has developed, you do have a socialist, nationalistic mindset.
0: And I mean, logistics being controlled. I mean, uh, the statistics are staggering. Less than 10% of the entire... Um, value chain, uh, in the entire sort of shipping business, the, the maritime business, Afri- relating to Africa, having nothing to do with Africa and not benefiting in us in any way. I mean, how that can't be an issue to some people, I, I don't know. But I can understand why you'd pick logistics. I, I know Strive, my um, of Econet, he said he'd be a farmer. You wouldn't farm? You don't think food, agriculture might be a big thing no, you'd be big. excited it's about? Big. It's big. It's very, very big. Ag is big. So big that perhaps, like him, you might think about if you were to do all this over, you'd graduate from Stanford and go farm and not start a, a venture capitalist fund? Um, I might do an ag fund. Stay I, VC, though. So
2: I like venture capital because um, it's fundamental allocation resources game. Back to the whole so- socialist thing. So
0: you're actually no, controlling like, the whole is, thing, really. Is that what yeah, you're I saying? Socialism, you know,
2: seen as quote-unquote bad. Bec- one of the theories is that it, 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 the system does not allocate
0: capital well, resources well and i suppose with uh, with minds like yours you can you can but, you can uh, make I it work i guess is one way to allocate resources
2: into innovation it's not the only way the other players doing it there's crowdfunding as well right and so the crowd can actually speak uh, and so but it's just one function right an ag fund would be great but guess what back to your whole like who's controlling it so you, you do see me sometimes in a suit so i'm in a suit in, for two reasons weddings and maybe funerals and raising money at at very weird places in the world. Like Monsanto, if you did an ag fund. For example, it, like, I'll give you an example. Like, like, So there's a conference that happens in Amsterdam every year, the Emerging Markets Private Equity Conference. And do you know how hard it is for me to get a visa these days to go to Europe? Really? Look at me and they say, wait a minute, you're going to... Um, uh, Amsterdam, and then you're going to like Berlin to see some startups there, and you're going to like some other to London or something. We don't. This is way crazy. Like you know, you're you 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 know you should be doing one thing, or maybe go to the Belgium, so Belgian or the German embassy to get the other visa because we don't deal with people like you, right? So the biggest thing that annoys me the most about um, just about how how the control thing works is that how much of things go outside of Africa, events outside of Africa. So and and actually, I'll give you one really good example to close off. I had this uh, trip planned to Angola because I've never been there before, and it's very hard to get to Angola, as you probably know. And at the same time, I got a White House invitation. It was one of those. You know, that, you remember, do you remember that? Do you remember that uh, event two, two two summers ago, two Julys ago, where Ob- all the Africa Africa in Washington event? You must remember that.
0: Yeah, I heard about that. Yes, I ho- actually. Yeah. So,
2: like, people email me like, "Hey, are you going? Are you going?" All these venture capitalists, like you know, the Steve K. You know, all these guys were like going and. And, and i are like, are you going? I'm like, no, I've not been invited, you know? I'm going, I'm going to Angola, man, you know? Uh, and, and, so, and, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, a week before the, uh, the event starts, I get an email being like, you're invited to, the, to, to some event at the White House. And I'm like, and, I, and my instinct was like, whoa, yeah, this is it, I'm going. And then I said, no, no, I'm going to Angola. I'm going to be in Africa, I'm going to stay in Africa and do what I'm meant to be doing. And I told my dad this. He was like, "What? Why are you not going to the White House?" I'm like, "Because actually, at the heart of it, we always have to travel outside Africa to do fucking Africa stuff." No, no, enough. So, and and I was actually 100 percent right. Well, I went to Angola and I learned more about Africa going to Angola than I did about by going to the White House.
0: Wow, well, and that's. Pretty, a pretty great place to end this, this little conversation. Dude, I mean, it's I been so refreshing.
2: I still got a lot to do the U.S. and other places, but it was just, you know, I had to make a decision, do I take my passport out of the Angola process? Because it took three weeks or do I, and go to the U.S., or do I just go stick on Angola? I said, no, I'm going to stick on Angola. AfriCoin is happening in three countries for a reason. I want to do more in Africa for a reason. Like, we, wanna, we should have less things going on in Africa, uh, outside of Africa. That would help a lot. The
0: Africa CEO Forum in Geneva.
2: Jeez. See you there. And I'll proudly show you my visa. I got it. I got my visa. We're here. We're free, boys. And, and then also I'll land in Geneva and I'll be like, so what are you doing here? I'm here for the Africa CIO Forum. Hmm. Mm. Are you sure you're not immigrating here for some other reason?
0: Are you sure you don't want to stay here? Hmm. Oh, one is don't like you, you like snow? It's
2: Lisbon. I, um, in Lisbon, for Portugal, my visa took so long to get. Um, and then I got to Lisbon, Portugal, and I realized that there were poor people in lisbon than parts of africa you know that's that's the bit that really kind of shocks me is you spend all this time getting to this gold place you know uh and there were actually like marble tiles in lisbon right they have like but you see poorer people in europe now than parts of africa
0: we're good here guys we're good yeah, anyway. but m- listen um thank you so much Great. man Buona, how do you say your surname is it yeah, ali? ali yeah yeah ali ali Mbona, ali it's been a pleasure Great. thank you so much all right, man. Enjoy the rest of your time here. And Joe Berg, anytime you want to be around, be around, man. Joe Berg is good. I'm gonna be back here a lot.
2: So you're so fast as my friend, by the way.
0: I beg your pardon. Fast is my friend. Fastjet fast is, Joe is Joe your friend. Oh, you are not invested in them?
2: No, 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 no. They they, they just get me from Dar es Salaam to Joe very quickly and efficiently and cheaply. Oh, that's very nice. Any,
1: yeah. Than any African airline. Back to the whole control
2: thing. South African airlines. Do you think they are? Uh, uh they probably are upset by. Fastjet which have slashed the price of a return flight to Dar es Salaam.
0: They probably are. It's but okay. to be yeah. honest, they probably have bigger fish to fry at the moment.
2: $800 return to go normally sometimes to, uh Juba Dar es Salaam. While Fastjet you can get a flight as low as uh $100 one way, $120 one way.
0: Sick. That is absolutely sick. So so
2: so who's helping VC's scale across Africa more fastjet or the World Bank? No.
0: I'd say fastjet. So like,
2: I have my friends. That's why I say fast my friend because they really helped me get a ra- around. I- I mean, it's not, it's not like endorsement, but it's just like getting around Africa is hard.
0: Logistics. Back about,
2: to what you said. Well, I did have AfriCoin in in three countries because I like, I was writing visa uh, 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 letters for Kenyans to come to Africa in Cape Town last year. I- I'm Tanzanian. Remember, Tanzanians have I have a special relationship, no visas. Oh yeah. So, so it was really weird being, being being in Cape Town in this hotel and being like. Yes, uh, I would like to invite Ken Jerogi of Settlement to AfriCoin. I am, uh, here's my South African number. I am living in Cape Town, Ta- or, or I'm staying in Cape Town. That's very strange. To run a conference so on African innovation and fintech. Why, do, you know, that is ridiculous. I have to do that. So I said, no, this year we're going to do three locations. So, we'd have to, do people- so nobody
0: has to feel that, uh, that the indignity of feeling like an outsider on their own continent.
2: It was pretty funny because I had to like, get uh, Ken's wife as well a visa because he wanted to go to Cape Town and shop and tourism and all that. Like, no, I don't want to be doing that. That's not what I, it, it's just one of those things. It's like Africa is challenging to scale. It's Frustrating, one the, it's one of the biggest challenges. Like, how do you integrate more and people
0: players like faster to help? Um, and Let's just hope they survive because I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know too many. I don't know smart money that's investing in airlines. No, no, I'm no, no, sorry.
2: That's not the question. It, it, is, a, it, is, it is a legitimate concern
0: yeah we're hoping you stick around fast yet stick around for us because we want to hit lagos we want to hit lagos we want to hit do you know it's funny that we haven't even had, had a discussion about dar, And i have to be honest about this at all we were thinking even a was sort of the
2: miami of africa
0: dar is the what miami of africa oh so we might just because i mean we were thinking lagos cairo there's very lots of lots of interesting women there it's it's good it's, it's it's good you're not selling this for my wife though <laughs> or here or defos <laughs> no no, no, that pretty much, he just made the trip d- die a natural death. You should bring them to, and go to Zanzibar. Oh, there you go. Not, not, he's back in. He's back in. Did you see that? Quick recovery, Quick recovery right there. My dude, I'm going to have to switch this thing off because. And by the way, also another fast dead thing, they fly direct now to Zanzibar from here. Are you serious? Uh, I'm
2: telling you, these guys are innovating on airlines.
1: Who are these people?
2: Who are these people? No,
0: it is, man. 1,700 Rand, one way. 120 120-
2: and I was like, yesterday they will,
0: will will South African Airlines let them? No, man, mangoes fly to Zanzibar, yeah. So, so
2: no market, will they let them?
0: How long will they so let, the let
2: them? I think license <laughs> of FASTA was, re,
1: was
0: was
2: revoked on my first flight to Joburg. so they had to compensate me for free fly and, uh, and and my money back because the SA Airlines apparently did some weirdness to uh, block South uh, first entry. non market issue.
0: All right, my man. Is that the way I, unless you're president
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> of of, of, uh, of, of Land. Oh, yeah. Bank of Buona, Prison of, ba- of Buona Bank, Buona bank, bank, bank man. Bank. Yeah, yeah, check it out, BuonaBank.com. That's really, that's, really, that's yeah, so no, sick. <laughs>